couldn't picture my future. I didn't want to. But things change. People evolve, move on, grow as new people enter their lives. I saw the picture you drew for the art project, I say, brushing some of the hair out of his eyes. It was hanging up on Mr. Fellman's wall. He frowns, which he always does whenever we're talking about his art. Yeah, it didn't turn out how I planned. It seemed like you were sad when you were drawing it, I tell him, lowering my hand to my hip. But all your drawings do. Any happiness in his expression withers as he rolls onto his back and pinpoints his attention to the star-cut sky. He's silent for a while and I turn onto my back, letting him be, knowing that he's stuck in his own head. Landon is one of the saddest people I've met, and it's part of what drew me to him. I was 13, and he'd just moved in across the street from me. He was sitting against the tree in his front yard, scribbling in a sketchbook, when I first saw him and decided to go over and introduce myself. It was right after my dad had died, and I'd pretty much kept my distance from people. But with Landon, I don't know. There was just something about him. I'd cross the street, very curious about what he was drawing. When I stopped in front of him, he glanced up at me, and I was taken aback by how much anguish was in his honey-brown eyes, the torture and internal suffering. I'd never seen so much of it in anyone my age before, and even though I didn't know what was causing it, I guessed we were going to be friends. He looked how I felt inside, like I'd been broken apart and the pieces hadn't healed correctly. Just like I guessed, we did become best friends. More than best friends, actually, We're almost inseparable, addicted to each other, and I absolutely hate being away from him because I feel lost and misplaced in the world whenever he's gone. Do you ever get the feeling that we're all just lost? Landon utters, jerking me away from my thoughts again, just roaming around the earth, waiting around to die. I bite on my lip, considering what he said as I find Cassiopeia in the sky. Is that what you really think? I'm not sure, he answers and I turn my head, analyzing his perfect profile. I sometimes wonder, though, what the point of life is. He stops, and it feels like he's waiting for me to say something. I'm not sure. I rack my brain for something else to add, but I can't think of a single, coherent, reasonable response to his dark thoughts on the meaning of life, so I add, I love you. I love you too, Nova, he promises without looking at me. Then he reaches across the grass and grabs my hand, twining his fingers through mine. And I mean that, Nova. No matter what. I love you. We get lost in the stillness of the night while we watch the stars glimmer and fade. It's peaceful but unsettling at the same time because I can't turn my thoughts off. I worry about him when he gets depressed like this. It's like he goes into his own little world that's carved of gloomy thoughts and a blackened future and I can't reach him no matter how hard I try. We lie quietly, watching the stars and holding on to each other. Eventually, I drift to sleep with my face pressed against the cool grass, the spring breeze chilly against my skin, and Landon's fingers soothingly stroking the inside of my wrist. When I wake up again, all the stars have blended in with the grayness of morning, the moon is tucked away in the glow of daybreak, and the grass is damp with dew. The first thing I notice is that Landon's hand is missing from mine, and it makes me feel empty, like one of my arms has been detached from my body. I sit up, rubbing my eyes, then stretching my arms above my head as I glance around the backyard, searching for Landon.
The only thing I can think of is that he got up to go to the bathroom, because he would never leave me sleeping on the hill alone in his backyard. I pushed to my feet and brushed the grass off the back of my legs before hiking up the hill toward his two-story house at the top of the backyard. It seems like a really long walk, because I'm tired. It's too early in the morning to be up. When I reach the back porch, I take my phone from my pocket to text Landon and see what he's doing. But I notice the back door is cracked, and I find myself walking inside, which is a little out of character for me. It's not like I'm used to walking into his house without being let in. I always knock, even when he texts me and tells me to come straight down to his room. But this time, something begs my feet to step over the threshold. It's cold inside the kitchen, and I wonder how long the back door has been open. Shivering, I wrap my arms around myself and cross the entryway into the kitchen. Landon's parents are asleep upstairs, so I make sure to walk quietly.